Welcome to the Chasing Spirituality Podcast. I'm your host, Megan, and I'm so excited that you're joining me today. Each episode is full of heartfelt and expansive content that will really help you expand your consciousness and grow as a person. I created this podcast because I wanted to share my own personal experiences on my spiritual journey, but I also wanted to meet others and have them share what they've been through and how they've gotten to where they are today. If you haven't done so already, it would really mean a lot to me if you could rate and review the podcast. This really helps the podcast grow and reach more people, but it also allows me to get more guests on the show. Now on to today's topic. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Chasing Spirituality. I am your host, Megan, and I'm so excited that you're here today because we're going to be doing an awesome interview. So before I tell you all about the guest, I want to just go over some housekeeping items really quick. So the first thing I want to remind you is that you can get your Spirit Guide 101 click guide. You can go to my website and get... Um, this at the main page there is a place to register and download this click guide at the bottom if you follow me on instagram tiktok i also have a direct link to this as well in my link in my bio i also want to remind you that my november and december schedule are posted so i have a few slots available for october for appointments so uh, psychic mediumship oracle readings, as well as channeled coaching. I don't have many left for October, but I do still have quite a bit of availability for November and December if you're looking at booking a session with me. And last but not least, I want to share that I am in the process of developing a community. I've received a lot of feedback and a lot of you guys have said that you would love for me to put more content out there, do more live lessons, and especially have um practice circles so that you can practice your own gifts and really work with spirit in um, a practice setting so this is what the community will be all about and it's going to be called the chasing spirituality community now this is still in, in development so it's not ready to launch yet but i do have a wait list if you're interested in joining this community, I really encourage you to join the waitlist. You do not sign up for anything. You're not going to be required to pay anything or sign up or anything like that. It's just to show interest. And this will really help me understand what the community really needs as I am building and developing a community for everyone. This can also be found at the link in my bio on Instagram and TikTok, but also on my webpage. If you just go to the tab community, you'll see all the details and what kind of content I plan to create. And it'll take you to a link um, on that page to sign up for the waitlist. So now I want to tell you more about the guest that I'm having on the show today. I'm interviewing Deanna Riddick, and she is an author, psychic teacher, and angelic channel. She's also the host of the podcast Intuitive Awakening, and I actually did an episode with her on her podcast, so if you haven't listened to that, I highly recommend it. Um, as a young girl, Deanna heard voices of her guide and other spirits, but ignored them due to fear and her Christian upbringing. Later in life, she encountered some major challenges and uncertainty. She took a risk and decided to open her heart and mind to the world of spirit for answers. After connecting with her spirit guide and other light beings, she learned her true identity and now works to help people remember theirs. Deanna currently collaborates with angels to teach people how to reawaken their dormant psychic gifts and remember who they really are. So please welcome Deanna to the show. I, I love this episode. We're going to collaborate more in the future, so I hope you enjoy it. So I have Dina Riddick with me here today. How are you? I am doing great. Uh, I'm really happy that you're having me on, so thank you for allowing me to be here. I appreciate it. I'm really excited because I've been listening to your podcast, Intuitive Awakenings, for, I don't know, probably at least a year. Um, I was looking up just different topics to kind of expand my knowledge, and I found your podcast, which I loved because you cover so many different things, and it's really similar to my personal journey and my personal learning style. I, I find something that I find really interesting, and then I just dive into it, and 
I love just the format and how you give all the information. You've done all of this research and it's in combination with your own experiences. You, you know, yes, the show, when I first created it, I, I really, the intention was to just share what I learned. That's what I wanted to do because I found it so helpful for myself. Um, but then it's, then you start to kind of realize, well, okay, I did like 20 episodes. Is that all I know? <laughs> what else do I know? And it pushes you to like research so many other things and um, it gets you to explore various topics and um, even almost like confront your own belief system a little bit as well as you keep expanding. So I will say that the podcast has allowed me to, it's forced me to do a lot more reading than I already did and a lot more writing, which is helpful, but it it's expanded my, my, yes, my knowledge base, but more so my awareness throughout these, I think it's been four years, which is still crazy to me. Right. Yeah. I would say, I would agree with that. You know, it has you going down these rabbit holes that you never thought you would. And then you end up landing on something that you're like, wow, that, that actually really resonates. And it, it's like um, a learning opportunity for you as well. And then you get to try new things and you get to really experience what else is out there without, um, I guess, without uh, really realizing that's, that's what you're doing. Exactly. And I think um, every, every time I was going to do an episode, I would kind of think like, well, what, what am I interested in or what do I want to know? Or what have I seen? Like that's become kind of a little bit trendy, you know, kind of do some research on that to see if it's helpful. And um, yes, it's, it's forced me to jump into new territories. I probably never would have considered initially, but if anything, uh, it kind of just contributes to, yeah, my knowledge set and uh, forces me to step into just other people's practices you know, and how they live their life and how they view the world as well. So I think it's been, you know, I hope it's been insightful for people. <laughs> it's been insightful for me, but I hope it's been insightful for them. Yes. Well, I definitely enjoy it. And thank you. Um, I, I always get started by asking my guests to share about their journey and how they got to where they are today. So would you mind telling the listeners more about yourself and your spiritual journey? Definitely. And you'll have to, you know, let me know if I go on too long here. I try to be very mindful, make it succinct. <laughs> um, so I will just start at the beginning. You know, when I was um, a kid, I used to hear somebody, a voice call my name when I was growing up all the time in my bed. And um, I had two sisters and we used to like share a bedroom, but then we got a bigger house and I had my own bedroom, which was great and really bad because I was in the dark and all I could hear were these whispers of my name all night. And it was horrendous. It was just, I hated going to bed. And I had this one stuffed animal that I felt like kept me safe all the time. And I, I would never, even when I was a girl, when I was 16, <laughs> I had this stuffed animal because I was so scared and I couldn't really tell anybody. And the reason I couldn't tell anybody, there's a few reasons was because I grew up, um, I like to call it like Southern Christian, which is a little bit different. I mean, there are all kinds of flavors, right? And denominations, but in the South, it is specific. And there was a lot more hellfire and brimstone in the South. And that was very much so rooted in my mind and my belief system. It shaped everything that I believed, right? I believe there was God, this man who, um, you know, was wrathful and we were sinful and, um, you know, naturally I just wasn't good enough as a person and that everything I was doing was wrong. Um, because in our church you had to be, you know, saved, um, and you know, through Jesus Christ. And if you weren't, you were automatically going to hell. So I was hearing these sermons three times a week because we were going to church all the time. I was in the choir. Um, I'd been baptized a few times, <laughs> um, growing up, but it's like, I couldn't reconcile um, what was happening in church with what was happening with me at night. So I believed it was the devil, like calling me out, trying to scare me. And, you know, I grew up in, I, I don't want to use the word, unfortunately, but my parents had separated. So it wasn't like the best living situation. So I couldn't really go tell anybody what was happening because I was afraid of where I might get shipped off or, or something. So I had to keep it within myself, but you know, I, I remember my, one of my parents calling me a very fearful child. Well, yeah, because I was always hearing spirits talk 
And then I was going to church saying, you know, um, you know, like I was, I was taught that witchcraft is bad and necromancy is like evil and all of those things you hear, you know, in your standard Southern church. So I was hearing all of that and I was scared out of my mind. So I would, uh, I would give testimonies in church, you know, thanking God, I would try to get saved on a number of occasions. There's a lot of stories about that, but it never happened. It never, I watched people in my church speak in tongues and get saved left and right, but I just couldn't understand why Jesus didn't want me and why I wasn't, you know, why I was going to go to hell. And I would have all of these horrible nightmares about being in hell. And that was kind of my, you know, upbringing. That's what I lived. And the voices, as I grew older, the voices never went away. You know, sometimes I think that they increased and it was horrible. I remember telling my stepsister one time only, I told her that I heard something in my room. And so she came into my bedroom with um, holy oil and kind of like anointed the walls. And she laughed at me because I think she thought I was making it up, but I never was. And it was just terrifying until I got to graduate school. So it's a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in my mid to late twenties and life was you know, a little bit more challenging in graduate school. I wasn't doing that well and didn't really get along well with my cohort and I wasn't getting grants. It was just a really tough time. And um, I was still hearing these voices and I was just unhappy in general. And it was kind of one day I was watching TV and there's this guy was on sharing his story about uh, kind of like the afterlife and um, just this whole concept of us being spirits and meditation. And I don't know if I believed any of that at the time, but I did sit down to close my eyes and, you know, try to breathe for a little bit. And I would talk to God here and there, like, what's wrong with me? Why am I hearing these voices? Am I crazy? Am I really condemned? And I would pray about it. And then finally, one day I sat down and I was like, God, if this is real, you know, if I'm supposed to do something, like show me. And so I sat down and um, yes, I started to see and I started to hear and it was children. This was my first experience, really. They were children speaking to me, children who had passed away. And I could see them in front of me like a film strip. And I would uh, hear them speak, uh, you know, their stories. And I, I remember it so vividly because it was so real. And then I would go to bed and dream about them some more. And then I would start dreaming about missing children. And they would show me where they were buried. And I could hear like the helicopters and the cops in my dreams, you know, in the area that the bodies were. And I was like, what's, I thought I was losing my mind. (laughs) I thought it was, I didn't know. I didn't have the words to really explain what was happening, but I knew something um, was happening to me, but I knew I had nobody to talk to because I still had that Christian mindset. You know, if I told anybody, they would uh, shun me in a way. So Believe it or not, I feel like it was a couple of years later when I um, left school um, and I moved to California, I decided to kind of re-engage and meditate a little bit more. And I had a number of experiences that really just led me to doing more research and then eventually opening up my hearing full-blown. So I'm trying to sum it up as best as possible, but it really, I took many steps to get there. I did a lot of reading, a lot of prayer, um, a lot of meditation, and it was hard because I felt very guilty throughout the whole process. I felt like God was not going to accept me. You know, my sister became full-blown Pentecostal. So she was definitely, you know, against anything that I was doing. And I didn't feel like I had a support system, but I took some risks and I'm glad I did opened myself up. And then I, uh, started to hear very clearly at that point. So it was, I wish it was like a straight path, but it was just a number of random experiences, at least that appeared random to me and some risks that I took along the way to confront the fact that, okay, I can hear spirits and it's real and I'm not crazy and I'm not condemned either by God. Yeah. I love that. I love, um, I love your story. It's, it's similar to mine. Um, because I also grew up um, in more of the Southern religious area, um, lots of 
old school Baptists and they frowned mm-hmm. upon anything that wasn't um, coming directly from, you know, the preacher's mouth. And yeah. so <laughs> I can relate to all of that. And especially the fear, like the fear um, that I had as a child, when I would hear things and I would see things, it was um, not having that support system to, you know, let you know that it's real, but it's okay. And it doesn't mean that it is necessarily, um, evil or it's necessarily something that is, um, trying to harm you. Um, and then all the movies and the pop culture and all that stuff out there as well, (laughs) you know, it's, um, it's really, uh, damaging to, to our spirit. And so I love that you were able to, to climb out of that and to find your way back, back to, to your soul and, and to that connection. Yes. And it was, you know, it was difficult because when you are indoctrinated, you know, into a certain belief system and you've heard it for 30 years, it's, you don't just wake up one day and forget everything that you've been, you know, taught. It's still somehow lingering in there, but it really was just, you know, taking it day by day and, you know, taking that risk of trusting It's like, there's more to than, you know, more to this, more to what I've been taught. But also I think the best thing that came out of this for me was that um, even though I, I'd like to say that I was learned when it came to, you know, school, I never really questioned much about the church. Like I never questioned like where, you know, how the Bible came to be and how our, you know, our belief systems, how Christianity came to be and why, you know, my family and their family and their family held certain beliefs over time, you know, but this forced me to question and take it back further and further and further and further so that I could understand for myself, like, how did we get to where we are today with modern Christianity and how it, how did it spread across the globe? And it really forced me to do some internal questioning rather than sit down and accept just what I've been told, you know, by people. So I feel like that was the biggest lesson for me, just being here on the earth, even, but this experience has taught me that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause we're taught, um, especially, um, you know, even outside of religion, but especially in religious families, we're taught not to question. We're taught mm-hmm. not to think for ourselves and just to yes. conform to whatever's being told to us, to whatever's being preached to us. And um, that was my hardest take as well is, you know, I knew from a young age what God felt like to me. To me, mm-hmm. God felt just um, nothing but unconditional love and acceptance. But when I would go to church, God was wrathful and fearful and something that you should um, be afraid of. And they didn't match up to me. So I was so conflicted and so confused my entire life thinking, well, then the God that talks to me, is that the same God that talks to you? Because right, they don't sound the same. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, definitely. I, I totally, yes. Cause going to church, you knew it's like, it was just, again, going to be those sermons. I, I, I remember one sermon very, you know, I remember it so well because the preacher used to say this um, every, you know, every Sunday and then Friday night and then sometimes Wednesday nights um, would be like, you know, you're going to go to hell and you're going to want water and there's going to be no water to drink. And I just, I would visualize these things in my mind all the time and I would just become even more frightened and it made me try to become even more saved. I, I did everything imaginable to get saved so many times. And um, yeah, it, it was an experience. And I am so grateful that I feel in my heart that God has like opened my eyes. And it's, and again, it's caused me to question as well, where that information has come from and why that's being taught. Yeah. So um, I'm assuming um that you've came out to your family about your beliefs now? Yes. Um, for the most part, yes. Um, when I started to hear very well, um, the archangels, when I started practicing with them, um, and hearing them well, there were things that were said to me, I felt like my parents needed to hear. And, um, I was afraid to share in general, just in general that, Hey, by the way, I know I'm in graduate school, but I'm going to like dump all of that after I graduate and do this full time. Um, But also I just, I wanted to let them know because I, I felt like 
it would help them in a way not to also feel so fearful, you know? And I knew the potential blowback and I knew the potential judgment, but I did it anyway, because I felt in my heart, you know, it was the right thing to do. And I also shared the, the messages that I had gotten for them. And I felt like that is what helped them the most. And they received it very well. Um, I would say all with the exception of two people <laughs> have received it um, actually very, very well. And it actually has caused them to do more researching, you know, and reading more books and kind of expanding themselves as, as well. But yes, I have, um, for the most part, I think almost everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's great. Cause that's really scary. You know, I it remember is. how scared I was when I first started coming out about my change in beliefs. And I was so afraid to tell my husband. Um, and when I told him he was, you know, a little taken aback at first, but he just told me, he was like, I've always kind of believed in stuff like this. It's just, I just assumed that, you know, that Christianity and like the Bible context didn't have everything figured out he's like but I always assumed most of these concepts and I was like that is such a relief but it was yeah. so scary <laughs> yes that is a huge that is a huge relief because I think sometimes in partnerships uh, or in relationships when you kind of have your awakening if you want to call it that and then you want to you know share that with your significant other they may not always be super receptive and that's hard that's scary you know because you love that person Um, but also you need to live your truth at the same time. Right. Yeah. You have to choose, um, you know, is it time for you to step into your truth and, and really allow that to align with where you're at and, um, and speak up, or are you going to continue to allow this fear to control you? That's already been controlling you and everybody has, you know, you'll know when your moment is right. And, I will say like, be, be surprised, you know, don't expect everyone to, to think that you're crazy. Cause I was, you know, I was surprised at how supportive people were. And it seems like you were too. Yes, I was surprised. And you know, what I have found is that people, even though they may be attending, you know, these services, but people have experiences in their life and they may not be able to define them or explain them, or they've had dreams where, you know, their loved ones have come, or maybe they've even seen apparitions of loved ones in the house and just, you know, kind of turn away. It's like, they don't want to admit always that they've had these supernatural experiences because they do go to church. And they, again, you can't necessarily reconcile the two, right? Because it's, it's a little bit difficult. So I think people do have those experiences, but sometimes if you take that risk, and share what's happening with you or just an experience with someone else, they, they may surprise you and say, you know, I've had something similar. Mm, yep. You're absolutely right. It does. It makes them start to think about their own experiences and their own connections. And, you know, they're like, wait a minute, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yes, definitely. And I love, and I love when that happens too, because it almost seems, um, a little bit like synchronicity, like it was a time, you know, for you to, to both be be brave enough to open up and share things that may seem taboo, you know, but it's, it's a great experience because you can relate to someone else and you can speak about these things openly. Yes, absolutely. So I know that you work a lot with your own spiritual team and you work with others to connect um, to their psychic gifts and to connect to their spirit team. So for the listeners that are interested in this, can you just tell us what is our spiritual team? Who makes up our spiritual team? Oh my goodness. Sure. Um, Your spiritual team can encompass many spirits. I think it really depends on what you're here to do and kind of like your goals this lifetime. But from my experience, my team specifically are my spirit guides, the angels and the archangels that really encompasses my entire team. I have a feeling that there must be a family member overseeing me, but we've never met <laughs> this lifetime. It would be nice to know, but uh, for the most part, it's my guides who help me and my guardian angels who definitely give me so many messages to reassure me and the archangels who also come in, especially when I'm writing a book. Um, they're kind of sitting here, I think, helping me with my word choice, but your team can really, you know, I, I think for the most part, everybody 
you know, has spirit guides, they have these guardian angels that oversee them. And there could be all different types of light beings that are a part of your crew that I may not be aware of, right? Um, it's just, I think it's case specific, but your team is beautiful. You chose them before you came here. And there's even a possibility that you've incarnated with your guide a few times before. Uh, my guide, when we first met, he said, we're ball and chain. That's what he called me. And he was like, we've done this so many times. <laughs> and uh, we've even had life lifetimes together. And he's shown me that um, as well. So there's a possibility that you've had that with them, or it could be a completely new guide if you're learning newer lessons this lifetime and you're kind of compatible or and they have the knowledge of what it is you're trying to learn. So they might be more suitable for you this lifetime as well. So um, yeah, it could be a, a new guide that um, your soul hasn't has yet to, to work with. But yes, you also have angels who you've selected. So the one thing I kind of want to emphasize here is that you know there is free will on the other side and that you get to choose who you want to help you. And yes, there is this big divine plan and you work out, you know, all the details, but, um, you know, on the other side, even your other side team, um, takes a look at the blueprint to make sure that, you know, everything is going to work for your highest good when you, when you come here. So your guardian angels also are aware of, um, your karma, you know, of your hiccups, your strengths, your weaknesses, and they're there to help you as well. And to be honest, they're all here. Yes, they're helping, they're guiding, but they wanna see your evolution because that's why you're here. You want to evolve, you wanna learn through these experiences and they you know, they wanna help you get there. So they're always cheering you on during the great moments and the harder moments, but they see you as you truly are. They're not so much focused on the physical form. They see your inner light. They understand, you know, what's underneath all of this and they're directing you accordingly. So your team, again, is your guides um, who have been here before, who have incarnated as humans. So I always feel like they're amazingly suited to help you because they understand the pitfalls that we go through. They know what it's like to be angry. They know what it's like to feel injustice. They know what it's like to be, you know, in love and, you know, sad and frustrated. They know all of the human emotions. So they can help you in that way, um, as opposed to the angels who are amazing, but they have not incarnated as humans, right? They have a different type, uh, they're a different type of species, but they're still, still here to help. And they can feel your emotions. They feel your pain when you're going through that. They feel your sadness, um, but they still have like this insight to help you kind of see above the illusion of this world and the illusion of your emotions as well that can distort, you know, what you see. So you have this, amazing team and everybody does. It doesn't matter who you are, where you are on this planet. Every light being has it to guide them here. Yes, I love that. And that definitely resonates with my understanding of how um, spirit guides and your spiritual team works as well. Um, so do you have any advice for anyone that maybe um, they want to connect to their spirit guide or to um someone, uh, one of their guardian angels, do you have any advice um, that helped you be able to really strengthen that connection? I do. Uh, many people that reach out their first, yes, they're like, I want to meet my guide. I can't meet my guide. Why can't I meet my guide? I hear this so many times and I get it. I'm like, I feel you. <laughs> I understand because can you imagine having somebody in your life who loves you unconditionally, who has seen you in many different lifetimes, but they've seen you since you've you know, been born here. They know all the problems. They know all the good stuff. It's an amazing partnership to have, you know, and they're sticking, they're sticking with you through the long haul. Um, so I understand that the desire to connect to your spirit guides. So the first thing I always tell people is you need to believe that they're there. You have to believe it. You know, I think a lot of people have doubt and you sabotage yourself through that doubt. You have to trust that they're there. Even if you can't, you know, see them or hear them initially, acknowledge their presence. And if you don't know their name, that's okay. Call them spirit guide. And sometimes you can give them a name. They're not offended. So I always tell people, first and foremost, sit down, acknowledge, um, and then communicate. Just start talking to them like I'm speaking to you because they're right there, even if you can't feel them. Share anything that you want. It doesn't matter, but it's your 
responsibility to open the lines of communication with them. You know, it's like, they're just waiting. They're like, come on, get, you know, get to it. But we have work to do. So just say, hello, how are you? How's your day? <laughs> you know, uh, or what's on your mind or what you think you need help with. And that's the first thing that you definitely need to do. Now, if you're not already practiced, if you don't, you know, consistently like have a daily discipline where you meditate um, or you're not in that, that stage yet where you, you know, haven't met them, the easiest way I tell people to meet their guide or communicate with their guide is through music. It's my favorite way of working with my guide. You know, he sends me all kinds of crazy songs um, to help me out. But if you want to work with your guide, ask him or her a question. Ask them a question, and then I want you to specify to them that you want the response back via a song. So for me, when I go to bed at night, I'll talk to my guide about certain things, and then I'll ask him, you know, a question and say, hey, what is your insight about X, Y, Z? Let me know in the form of a song when I wake up. And so as I'm waking up, I don't realize that I've been singing a song for a little bit, and then I'll, I'll it'll click, and I'm like, crap. And I'll look at my phone immediately for just the lyrics. Like um, if there's a certain part of the song that repeats over and over, and that's all you need to look at. Um, if you're hearing the whole song, then yes, look at the whole song's lyrics, but just look at the lyrics and they're giving you their insight. This is the easiest way and they always do it. They're not going to tell you no. So if you want to begin to work with your spirit guide, this is the easiest way. You don't have to meditate when you do this, you know? <laughs> at all, you don't have to chant or do some you know, crazy pose. All you have to do is communicate and ask and then be willing to receive the song. Um, and you know, if you love music, then this is fantastic because if you listen to all kinds of music, then they can give you messages about love. They can give you messages, I don't know, about empowerment. I mean, there's, you know, this is a great way also to expand like your music repertoire so that they have more references for you. But I would say if that's the, you know, if you want to begin to develop this relationship with your guide first, acknowledge them, believe that they're there, trust that they're there, be willing to take that risk, be willing to say, okay, maybe I actually don't know everything, you know, about this planet. And it's okay to say that because the more you know, the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know anything that's really going on here, right? Um, but yes, this is one avenue I always tell people like, hey, if you can't see them, or you can't hear them, or you can't feel them, that's okay. They are gonna give you a message via a song and then thus the relationship starts to kick off. Yes, yes, I love that. And I, I remember you saying that, Um, I wanna say on one of your episodes and so I tried it and I wake up with a lot of songs playing in my head now. And so I'll go and I'll be like, <laughs> okay, what part of the song am, am I specifically singing? And most of the time, like you said, it makes total sense for what's going on in my life or what I've been thinking about, what kind of guidance I need. And it it works every time, just like you said. It, it really does. And, you know, kind of a, a little bit of a sad story, but not really now. But years ago, I had no idea my boyfriend at the time was going to break up with me. Like I had, when I'm telling you none, none. And I, I kept waking up with this song about separation and me going my own way. And I was like, what kind of, what's this, right? I didn't, I didn't know. And then sure enough, like a few weeks later, my boyfriend broke up with me and I was like, is this a joke? Are you serious? I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't, that song just kept playing over and over. I, I had no idea that that was coming. So sometimes, you know, really pay attention, even if you, you know, are walking or working throughout the day and you just start humming something, even if you haven't asked something, because once you initiate this form of communication, your guide's going to start letting you know things even throughout your day or, you know, kind of giving you a heads up before an event happens as well. So be very mindful and don't dismiss it. And if you don't have time to look it up in your phone, like write it down somewhere you know, just the lyrics or the song so that you can go back because they're trying to help you as much as possible while you're here. Yeah. And it, and it's, um, you know, music is such a big part of a lot of people's lives, but if you don't listen to music, this could be a quote or reference to a book or like a TV show or a character that you like. Um, yes. Those types of things just randomly pop in your mind. It's for a reason. Um, yes. And I tell people all the time when I work with them, you know, 
before I realized that I um, had these, my spiritual abilities, before I realized I had clear audience and stuff like that, I just thought that they were my regular thoughts because most mm. of the time they are in my own voice. Um, for me, I hear them in my own voice. Every now and then I can hear a different voice, but it wasn't until I started actually reading for other people in practice and I would get validation that I was like, oh, wow, like spirit is constantly sending us messages and we just yes. disregard them. Yes, we we really do, because sometimes what we're receiving doesn't necessarily coincide with what we believe to be true or what sounds most logical or rational to us. So we have a tendency to kind of just dismiss it. But no, spirit's kind of like, listen, I'm trying to help you out. You know, like I'm giving you so great, you know, stuff right here for you to use. But we have a tendency to, I think, quickly dismiss. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for anyone that is already maybe a little bit more practiced, they connect to their gods. Um, um, they might connect to the angels. Can you talk a little bit about how that, how they can take that connection into actual channeling. Mm. This is, you know, I was talking to somebody actually yesterday night about channeling and it's such a tough, I feel like it's such a tough topic um, because teaching it is difficult. I have thought about teaching it, um, but I don't know that I can do it because everybody experiences feels like Number one, I would tell people, be mindful of um, what it is that you want to channel because every um, light being has its own energetic frequency. See, so for example, if you want to channel your, your guide um, and if you have awareness of what that feels like. Um, and you're kind of attuned already to higher vibrations and higher frequencies, um, and you start practicing channeling, you have to be mindful that your body has to adjust to um, working with higher level beings, because for most people, there's definitely going to be some sort of feeling, um, some sort of sensation in the body, the higher up you go. So uh, for people who are listening, um, and, and they might not be aware, like, you know, your spirit guides, the way I kind of perceive it, it's like your, your spirit guides are kind of, you know, close to your, their energy is a little bit denser, as opposed to your angels who are a little bit higher up, archangels higher, and then whatever is after them, I have no clue <laughs> what else is up there, but they each carry their own frequency. Um, and you can definitely, if you're sensitive enough, you can feel it. And the higher up you go, the higher, the harder it is initially to maintain that, um, channeling with them, maintain that sort of communication. And you'll definitely, you know, have some reactions uh, as you do this work. So the other thing I would say after you're mindful at that, the way I kind of approach channeling is number one, making, making sure that your channel is fully clear all the way up from your crown, all the way down your root. And I visualize that. I see my channel is clear, but also I think it's important um, if you're just learning to kind of make an opening commanding statement. Um, mine is, I am a clear and open channel through which to receive messages from the divine. And that I am statement is so important. I don't think people realize like how freaking important that statement is in throughout your whole life um, because you, you know, use your words to create and I am creates whatever it is that you say. You're like casting that spell. So when you're doing this work or any spiritual work and you're invoking, I am be mindful. So I say, create some sort of opening commanding statement like that. So that's like, you're, you're kind of shifting into a different um, vibration as you do that, but you're commanding the fact that you are an open channel. So you're making that definitive statement. Therefore it is right. If you question that, it makes it challenging. So after you make that statement, call in whoever it is that you want to work with. Now, this is where it gets a little hairy. So when you're channeling, some people can just sit and they can receive the information coming in either from the right or the left. Now, it, it also depends on your clairs. So if you're channeling, you might hear a voice speak loudly and it might sound like your own or it might not sound like your own, right? Depends on your gifts, but also some people channel through writing. And I do both. 
So it really depends on the type of channeling that's easiest for you and the, and the type that you really um, want to do. But the other tips I would really say is don't overthink so much when you're starting. The more questions you have, the more it blocks the energy from being able to share information. It blocks your channel, essentially, as you're doing this work. So just trust what comes initially. And if you're writing down, write it and let it flow through you. If you're hearing I would practice speaking out loud what you hear because there's a difference in like receiving that information and repeating it and then being a trans channel, which is something completely different um, <laughs> as well, where it, they, you know, blend with your energy and they can just speak through you like you're the host of their energy. But I would say that's kind of where I would start with channeling because it it is it is challenging when you get started and I know there's a lot of fear associated with it because of the potential of later, yes, kind of blending your energy with something different um, and having to trust that energy um, as well. I'm not sure if that's been your experience, but that has been mine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I love everything that you said. I know that I'm really interested in trans mediumship. I haven't done it, but I'm, I'm really interested in it. And I, I'm, I'm thinking that eventually I'll probably um, work on developing that skill. But for me, when um, I channel my higher self a lot and it mm. feels clear, it feels clear cognizant, but I think that it's also connected clear audiently because it's like, it's a thought form but I just regurgitate it and it just comes out and just flows out of my mouth. Um, mm -hmm. So that's probably, that's really the only experience that I have with channeling I've uh, with that's been verbally, I will channel, I will channel with um, automatic writing. And I remember when I first started doing that, it felt so weird because you're not supposed yeah. to, <laughs> to stop and think about what you're writing. So you're wanting to kind of think about it, critique it, pay attention to your handwriting and what's coming out. But yes. when you can just kind of let go and really let it flow and then go back and read it, you're like, oh, wow. Like, I don't know where that came from. That's yes. kind of my experience <laughs> with it. <laughs> I love it too. And yes, you'll notice that the handwriting changes too as you're, as you're doing it, you know, depending on who you're channeling, but you're right. Like you just, if you start the moment you start to question and try to read what you're doing, it kind of blocks the flow. So you just have to trust and let it, the information kind of come through. But I will say, I think trans mediumship, trans channeling, I mean, I find it very amazing. Um, I, I don't know. I think I've tried a little, like it gets a little complicated. So when I'm doing longer sessions and I work, I work primarily with the archangels and that is for me, like I can feel energy very deeply. I never had that as a kid, but it happened later. Um, so I can feel them when they're here um, and it can be a lot to take for a long period of time. So there are moments where, because I've worked with them for, some, for so long, I'll say, look, do you want to just like kind of enter somewhat into my body and speak because it'll <laughs> save us a lot of time. Like, and sometimes they're like, yes. And I'll, I'm like, okay, let's, let me get ready and practice this and see what this is like. And I can feel like a shift moving inside of me. And then I almost feel like this urge to like get the words out and I'll, I'll just start to speak, but it's funny because it's difficult because sometimes your ego will come and, you know, want to say something. And then I'll hear, you know, an angel say, stop, you know, correction or you're interfering. Like I'll hear that and then I'll have to take a few breaths and they're like, relax, try again <laughs> and then do it again. I mean, people who can really do it, I'm fascinated. I'm, I, I'm really have mad respect for them. That's really, really cool. So just out of curiosity, who's top three angels that you like to work with, archangels that you like to work with? So um, years ago, I primarily worked with Archangel Gabriel and Michael. Like um, those are the two I worked with all the time. And since I've had a lot of shifts over these years, um, Uriel and I are, I would like to say we're besties. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I asked him one time, I was like, why is it that you always come? Because I don't always call on you. And he was like, it's because of your personality. Like you need, you want to talk to someone who's going to give you information the way I share it you know, you don't like anything sugar-coated. You like to hear it 
as is. And that's how I am. And I was like, yeah, that's actually very true. He's very direct with me and he doesn't take any BS from me. And I really appreciate that. So he's with me almost all the time. Um, it's funny because it's him. It's Archangel Ariel, which is unexpected because I never um, work with him. And I like how he sounds when he talks to me. I feel like he's almost kind of like a surfer <laughs> dude where it's cool. It's cool. You're good. I'm like, okay. And then there is a new archangel that I never had ever heard of before a few years ago that came in and told me his name. And I was skeptical. I'm not going to lie because, you know, you traditionally go by what you've been told, you know, biblical uh, angels and what whatnot. And I was like, am I hearing this name right? And so I never told anybody. And I asked him why he was in my life. Never told anybody until a friend of mine um, told me that I had archangels around me and she said his name. And I was like, I am dead. Okay, so I have been hearing this right. And his name is Archangel Ezekiel. And he's the Archangel of Transformation and Change. So he's around me a lot. Again, he's, I don't want to say he's stoic, but I, I get the feeling that he always has his arms folded as I'm like asking stupid questions, <laughs> I always get that feeling. He's like, you know, better, you know? Mm -hmm. So those are the three that work most closely with me and who, um, if, even if I call on other archangels, nope, they're there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I love that. I love, um, I work with the angels a lot too. And it varies from time to time who comes in, but sometimes one will come in that I wasn't expecting. And I'm like, Oh, wow. That that's really wasn't expecting that. But, um, I work a lot with, um, Gabriel, Raphael, Michael, and, uh, Asriel. Lovely. How is, what is your, um, okay. I have a question for you. Cause I really want to know this. What is your experience when you are working with the archangels? Because and I'm, I can only speak for myself here. Um, I think there's a stereotype that they sugarcoat everything and um, that it's 24 seven love and light. So I want to know what is your experience when you're asking like deep, these deep internal questions or questions in general, like what does that sound like to you? Like what's the feedback you get? It, it feels, and it depends on the angel on how, I guess how it's going to come through, but it does feel like it come always comes from a loving place, but it's mm -hmm. not always sugar-coated, not for right. me. Same. Uh, yeah. And it, it depends on, on the angel for sure. Um, but Archangel Michael has attitude. <laughs> yes. Yes, girl. Yes. A hundred percent. I'll never forget my first interaction with him. And I was very shocked to, this was when I was first very first learning. And I was just coming out of, you know, Christianity and I had all these like Christian really related questions and he was taking no crap from me. And he was also, he was just, I think he was just surprised that I was asking the types of questions, but you're, he's the same way with me too. And I ask, I ask you this question because, you know, I have received messages from people who tell me like, you're not hearing the archangels. They would never talk about these topics. And I'm shocked. I was like, well, why don't they have a, an investment in the evolution of the world? Why don't they have an investment in the upliftment of man? So they can only talk about like unicorns and rainbows. I don't think so. No, no. They want what is best in my experience. They want what is best for us. They want what is best for yes. humanity. And that means growth and evolution and change. And sometimes that means you're going to have to hear a hard truth. Yes, I was, that was exactly what I was just about to say too. And yeah, it can, they force you to take a look at yourself and it's not, it's not always pretty. It's hard. Like I've had some hard discussions with them and I would get mad sometimes like hearing that because you really have to confront yourself and that's not an easy thing to do in this life, you know, and you can't run away from that, but they're honest conversations because they do want you to grow and you can only do that through taking a good look at yourself and not hiding um, from that and addressing your fears as well. Yeah, I actually have a funny story about um, the archangels with my husband. So he was um, he was doing a session with a friend of ours that um, was going to do uh, past life regression and healing. And Archangel Michael is one that is very supportive of him on mm -hmm. his path. 
But a new archangel came into play and started talking about his purpose. And it was Archangel Zadkiel. So Michael is pushing him towards one thing. And Zadkiel is pushing him towards (laughs) another thing. And what was funny is it was the two things that he had been feeling. Like he was kind of feeling torn on just kind of taking things easy, having fun, enjoying life in the moment, or focusing on what he knows his true purpose is and like what he's here for. Archangel Michael's like, you need to get stuff done. Like, come on, let's let <laughs> let's get stuff done. And Zad feels yeah. like, nah, like have fun. And so Archangel yeah. Michael's like, what? Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> I love that too. I love that. Oh yeah. my goodness. It was, it was really funny. I mean, it was because, you know, it just kind of shows like they they don't necessarily have the same experiences as we do, but they understand what human emotion is like for us yes. because they're here for us. So they can still relate and they can try to make things um, relatable to us and they do know what, what is best for us. And so I think they definitely have personalities and yes. all that, yeah. Yes, they, they really do. That's yes. They really, yes. When you start to practice with each one, you will be able to tell the difference. Um, and it's funny. Um, I was year. this is man, this was back in 2015. So this is a long time ago. I was teaching intuition in Oakland and I had this class that I was teaching. Right. And I had said, I'll never forget this. I said to the class that I had received like a message from Archangel Gabriel and I referenced Gabriel as he, cause that's how it comes in for me. And this guy corrected me or he tried to correct me. And he was like, no, it's a she. And I was like, no, I was like, actually, you know, for me, it comes in as a more masculine energy, but it really depends on the person, you know, mm-hmm. like there's no definitive form here. Like it's whatever you need to hear and how you need to hear it, you know, how information is shared. But yes, I thought that was very interesting too, because some people will receive, yeah, Archangel Gabriel as like a very feminine energy and others and, you know, other people will experience things as more masculine, but I think it really just depends on, you know, what needs to be done, what needs to be addressed and how the information needs to be shared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a really good point um, that you made about perception, because we all perceive energy differently and mm-hmm. in you know, in my experience, these um, light beings, these archangels that we work with, they all represent an energy that we can relate to or that we need or that we yes. can, uh, tap into to help us in some way. And it's okay if, you know, you see energy or you hear energy or you feel it. And it's okay if it's not the same way that I perceive it or the same way mm-hmm. that someone else perceives it. All that matters is how you perceive it and that you trust and believe in that. Exactly. And I think people have a tendency to, I think do one of two things. They compare themselves to others, right? Um, when on this journey as well. And then they read how you've defined certain things in a book. And if it doesn't come in that way, then it's wrong. And there's only one way. Like, no, like you said, energy is fluid. Um, and our experiences are personal experiences. So there are going to be, you know, variations in terms of again, your experience with all of these various types of energies. Yeah, like Gabriel for me, um, and I know many people who who feel like Gabriel is a she. Um, and sometimes I'll feel that that feminine energy, but for the most part, for me, Gabriel does feel more masculine. But it's it's not the same masculine that I feel from like Archangel Michael. It's it is more of like a softer, um, a compassionate, like nurturing instead of that protector, that um, that fierce kind of mask it reminds me of my husband because my husband Mm. is um he's very tuned in he's very balanced so I would say for me Gabriel feels very balanced in between masculine and feminine yeah definitely definitely can feel the differences I think yes the more you start to work with each one you'll notice you'll notice what they feel like and then their word choice when they speak to you how they speak to you um, there are, there are differences for sure. And I just feel, I, I always feel very appreciative and I always try to tell people like we really, even though it doesn't look like it with our, you know, with our eyes, truthfully, we have so much help. Like it's unbelievable the number of spirits we each have and what is available for us to, um, to guide us as well while we're here. 
Mm, yes, yes, I love that. So can you um, talk a little bit or share your experience with discernment between working with different mm. energies and um, just what advice do you really have um, for anyone out there? Sure. So I think when you, um, as people put it, open the door to the other side um, and work with um, new energies, like you said, discernment is very important because, um, and I know the way people perceive this is very differently, but we do live here um, on this planet, but you have to remember that all various types of energies coexist with us. So that means light and dark because we do live in a space of duality and we need to be mindful of that while we are here. I do notice that a lot of um, people, I read a lot, they don't talk about, you know, the darker spirits or lower vibratory spirits that exist here, but they do. If you've had some experiences, you definitely know a hundred percent. I've had many, but it's, it's important to be very aware of that. So there's an, a responsibility when you're doing this and you're responsible to responsibility is that you have to um, protect yourself. So I would say when you open the door and you've kind of like even put your shield up um, to be mindful of the messages that you are receiving from spirit, because there are different types of messages. So if the message is very positive, uplifting, helpful, then it is coming from, you know, a place of light as opposed to a spirit that is, or a message that is a little bit darker, more fear-based, ego-based, that's coming from a darker place. So definitely the tone of the messages, the word choice, um, that's something to be just very aware of. And you can tell the difference just in the messaging itself of is a spirit, does a spirit have good intentions or does it not, is it not in alignment with my highest good? So I always tell people that's a telltale sign the other sign, um, which I don't know if people are aware of, if you in interact with the spirit and it's, you know, it's there and it comes to you and it sounds great, but then it asks you, it, it tries to bargain with you. Like, do this for me. I'll do this for you. I'll do this for you. You do this for me. That's also a really big sign that, hey, something is amiss here. And again, um, that spirit is not in alignment with your highest good. And the other thing I want to kind of say is that when you do inter interact uh, unexpectedly with lower energy spirits, you do have the power to tell them to leave. You actually can tell them to leave and most of them do leave. And if not, you can just call an Archangel Michael and he will be there in a split second. And he will literally like I I've had visions where I've seen him literally just take like take five, which is a scary story, but with one hand out and it's shocking to me, but it's quite amazing. So really, um, again, if, some, if they are bargaining with you, then that's not um, for your highest good. All spirits that are there to support you, uplift you, empower you, um, share information that helps you, but also helps you to be more of service to other people, that's coming from God, if you will. It's coming from all that is. So you have to be very mindful of what's being communicated, what you're hearing, but also what you're feeling. If something feels off, trust your intuition. You're right. It is off. It shouldn't be there. So again, you have the power to say, go, you're in the wrong space or go or Archangel Michael, please come and take this spirit away. So that's usually what I tell people in terms of um, discernment. But again, be very clear in your intentions in terms of who it is that you want to speak to, who you want to work with spirit-wise. You know, that's very um, important. Don't just welcome anything and everything that wants to come, right? There's something to be said about exploring, but you also have to be responsible for that. Yes, yes. I love all of that. And you're absolutely right. Your intention is so important. And before, before I do any kind of... Um, mediumship readings or connection work or anything like that. I always set the intention to connect to love and light beings that are here to assist me and that they want what's best for me. I even do that with my mediumship sessions. I'm like, mm -hmm. I only want to connect to the spirits that are healed. I want the healing messages, you know, that's just part of my work. And I think that is because I did grow up um, so fearful that it was a lot for me to eventually open up to this uh, realm. Mm -hmm. And so in order for me to feel safe and feel like I could do it, I needed to put so much love and protection in there. And now that I've been doing it for a little while, I do have, I, I called my power back and realized that you're absolutely right. I can always at any time tell any energy that I don't want to interact with to leave. But at first, mm -hmm. you know, it was, it was scary not knowing yeah. that you can actually do that. 
Yes, definitely. It is, it is scary. I think, yes, when I started out, um, I, I made a lot of mistakes and a lot of different spirits would come even in meditation. Um, sometimes new spirit guides would be there, but I had a, like, I had a feeling like when I would see them, something didn't resonate. Like it felt, I felt it. And, um, and then I would ask them to leave. And then once they left, you know, my guide would come in and I was like, are y'all testing me? <laughs> I was like, are you testing my discernment? <laughs> you know, but, um, it's all about, it is all about learning, but we do have so much more power than we think we have, you know, like we do have the power to invoke. We have the power to, I believe like command in a certain sense. Um, our words are super powerful, we just, we don't believe it, but oh my God, this is the one thing my, my guide angels, archangels, they remind me all the time. They're like, you need to think very deeply before you open your mouth, like, because you're creating your experiences, you know, constantly your you know, your energy is a reflection of that too, of what you think and what you say all the time. Right. So that's why it's important for us to work on ourselves so that we catch ourselves before we create crappy experiences as well. But we are very powerful and discernment is just another um, thing that we have to learn on the, on this journey of, of, you know, practicing spirituality and embodying it in our everyday life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Discernment is so important when you're connecting to spirit, to spiritual beings, but also when you're connecting to certain teachers, if anyone yes. or anything is ever said that just doesn't resonate with you, trust yourself, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that you don't have to listen to that person ever again, unless that's what your intuition is telling you, but always just take what sounds right and leave the rest. Yes. I, I totally, I totally agree. And I think sometimes it's probably a terrible thing to say, but I, I feel like people who are not coming from a very good place, um, you know, they prey on your doubt. And the fact that you may not trust yourself enough and they prey on that. So you have to be, you know, very mindful of that as well. And like you said, trusting your own intuition at the end of the day is always going to be the most important thing because it's never going to misguide you like ever. You will look back and be like, oh, I feel great. Um, you know, I'll tell you a very quick story here. So my grandfather had like a near death experience when I was like in my early thirties, I believed. And he also was a Christian. I don't think he was like a rabid Christian, but he was a Christian and he had his beliefs and he had this um, near-death experience where, um, I mean, he was pronounced dead. So he said that he floated, he called my dad when he was back, he called my dad and said he had floated out of his body and he saw these three, what he called beings. He didn't have like the words or the vocabulary for it. Right. Um, and they were like light, like blue and other colors. And he said he was he said he was so scared because he hadn't been to church in forever. <laughs> I was like, of course, that would be your first thought. <laughs> like I was like, oh crap, I hadn't been to church. But they actually told him, they said, it's not about that. And he said, they communicated to him telepathically that it's not about that. And they, and they showed him and it was so amazing. And um, I've never forgotten this. Um, they showed him moments in his life when he listened to his spirit and moments when he didn't and how things went wrong. That was what they wanted to show him. And I, I don't know if they showed him anything else, but he didn't tell us, but that was the main thing. And they told him it wasn't his time and he had to go back. And he came back and long story, like he was pronounced dead. So when he sat up, like the nurse passed out, it was like this crazy story. Um, but he, when he was back from the hospital, like he called my dad and told him everything. And I totally believe that. And that's why our intuition, that's the voice of your spirit. It's the knowledge of your spirit. It knows like trust that and it'll never misguide you. So that's the one story I always remember. Like when I start to doubt, I'm like, no, trust it and keep moving forward. I love that story. That is so, <laughs> um, just just so inspiring. And you're absolutely right. I've noticed that times where I act on my intuition or act on that guidance, even though I'm still scared, maybe I'm afraid of, you know, the outcome or rejection or whatever fears, you know, normally come up from the ego. When I still decide to do it and work through the fear, there's always so much uh, reward and blessing afterwards. Yes. It, it's just, you get this feeling like your heart fills up, you know, and you're like, oh, I'm so glad that I trusted. 
Yes, that's, that's so true too. It's so true. It's validation for yourself, you know, as you keep moving forward, because, you know, when we're on this planet, we're told how to live, we're told like, what are the appropriate steps to take, but we're not really encouraged to trust our own inner voice because when we trust that own inner voice, it's like, okay, we, we don't always get the whole story. We get a breadcrumb from our inner voice, right? <laughs> They're just giving you like one crumb and you're like, I need five more crumbs before I can fully trust you. <laughs> but they're like, nope, here's one. It's like, okay, I'm going to trust this one thing and pray that this works out. And then, you know, you learn after many times of trusting, you know, that voice that, okay, I can rely upon it. Even if, even if what it's telling me initially might not, you know, sound logical or rational, I'm going to trust it because it can see more than I could see. Mm -hmm. Yes. I like to say, I need a sign of your sign. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. I need the actual words <laughs> like written out for me, printed on paper. Then I'll trust you. <laughs> I, I yes. feel you a hundred percent. Oh, it's been so wonderful talking to you. Um, can you share how people can work with you or where they can find you? Um, anything that you would just like to share and wrap up with? Sure. Thank you again for having me on. I've enjoyed this conversation. I love talking to people about this stuff um, because, you know, you can't tell everybody, but um, I, I love it. You can find me at the Intuitive Awakening um, podcast. Um, I'm thinking you can find me at infinitesupply.org. I usually teach one-on-one -on -one sessions, but I have placed those on hold because I'm writing a book and I have to be, you know, responsible and focused. So um, those will resume back in January. I do one-on-one -on -one sessions with people and I work with them on how to develop their own gifts and teach them um, how to tune into that and grow and meet their guides, et cetera. So um, check back in January, I will reopen up. But in the meantime, you can find me again on the podcast and um, I'm doing my best to send out a monthly newsletter. I have kind of you know, made that a thing for myself. So if you sign up to uh, my website, you should be getting that monthly newsletter. And oh yeah, I forgot one thing. I feel like my guide just reminded me. Um, thank the heavens. So you could find me on Amazon. Uh, I'm publishing an Oracle deck, which I'm very proud of. Uh, my friend did the art and it's amazing. And I feel so blessed. She worked her tail off and so did I. And um, it's called the Higher Self Oracle. It comes out next, oh my God, next month. Um, that's where you can find me all. That's it. <laughs> I'm so excited about that Oracle deck. I Thank looked you. at um I looked at it and um like I said I'm definitely buying that because I resonate with you and the little bit of artwork that I've been able to see on Amazon looks <laughs> gorgeous and I'm really excited about that deck. Thank you so so much and I hope everybody else likes it too. And Megan, this has been a wonderful chat and thank you for your time this evening. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone you love. And it would mean so much to me if you could rate, review, and subscribe so that the podcast can reach and assist more people. Until next time, I'm sending you so much love. Wait, before you go, I want to share how you can receive a free reading with me. Listeners of the podcast, if you go and leave me a review on Apple and then send me that review to ChasingSpirituality.com. You can get a chance to win a free reading of your choice. This can be psychic or mediumship. Once a month, I will choose one of the listeners to receive the reading. And I won't pull your name out of the drawing until you're chosen. This will help the podcast grow, but will also allow me to give back to my listeners. Hope to hear from you soon.